Thanks for joining us on this episode number eight of season one for the great photography channel that we are. Uh, is it a photography channel or is it a podcast on this World Photography Day? It can be both. It's both. It can be both. Well, I suppose we are live on YouTube and we've got a podcast. So if you're listening and watching, doing the same thing at once, well done on you. You're multitasking. But uh, make sure you hit the subscribe button while you're there. And uh, I'm interested to hear from the gentleman in the room for World Photography Day. Did you know it was a thing? Yes, I did. You did? How this did morning. you know, Greg? <laughs> this morning. Uh, so no, this, I have this... God. I was going to say this dates back to uh, the the time when the first photo was taken, presumably. Mm. Did you know that? Did you know that? No, I no, I didn't know that. I just feel like there's a day for everything these days. Pardon the pun. Actually, today's another day. I saw someone post something on Facebook that today's another day for something. There should be Happy Day Day. Happy Day Day. I like happy that. Day Day. <laughs> Followed by uh, not so Happy Day Day. Yeah. Because happy day day is just gone. Uh, you're very joyous at the moment, Lee, uh, in lockdown there. <laughs> I will stab <laughs> you in the throat. That's <laughs> For those that don't know, Lee, Lee is in Melbourne and so is Greg. I'm in Sydney. And um, courtesy of Sydney Ciders, uh, we thought we'd share everything with the world. Yeah. Yeah. You did. So I'm down here and lick some people. <laughs> uh, actually, exactly. Licked our, licked our actually, trams. Yeah, actually, speaking of days, today is um, Melbourne's 200th day of lockdown. Yay. Oh, that's what it is. Oh, yeah. congratulations. Did you, me, did you get me anything nice? Have you got a cough? I heard you coughing before. I think I gave you that. <laughs> well, well, we actually discussed this earlier. You couldn't have given it to me because you're more than five kilometers away. You can't come here. <laughs> right, I'm a good boy. Exactly. So I know that we've been uh, very busy this week with our work, Greg. Um, mm. Have you had much time and experience outside of the photography realm uh, to do other pursue other passions of yours? Yes, I have. Um, I love gaming. Okay, tell me more. So I'm a big 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 Nintendo fanboy. I always have been. Um, in fact, I used to have before I took up photography seriously. I used to have a massive collection of Nintendo memorabilia and classic game and watch. Uh, you remember the, the little Nintendo Game & Watch handheld games that were from like the 80s, early 80s? Yeah. I had almost all of them in pristine condition and I sold them all to fund my photography pursuit. And I gave up gaming for a while and now I'm back into it. But one thing that, I, um, that actually reminds me of is that I've been seeing lately more and more games, uh, mostly because I play Nintendo Switch, um, but more and more games that have a photography element in them. And I find being a photographer... Uh, and obviously, Andy Gamer, I find this a really, a really uh, joyous union um, of uh, of two of my favourite things. And there, there was recently an announcement. Every now and then, Nintendo puts out a, what they call the direct or a indie world showcase, and they say what new games are coming up. And one of them is a game called Toem, T O E M, and it's a photography game, uh, beautiful art style, all uh, monochrome black and white stuff, um, and you basically. Uh, tasked with a number of challenges to go out and take certain photos of certain objects or hidden objects or whatever it may be. And there was a game that came out last year. And I think, sorry, I think Tom is actually on Steam for PC uh, okay. gamers. Yep. Um, but there was a game that came out last year, which was called, and it won a, it won a number of awards. Just trying to find it here. Um, 
I know there was uh, quite a number of games doing the rounds on Facebook in that photography genre where it challenges you and stuff. Is that the one that you're talking about? Uh, no, 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 no. No, that's more like um, kind of like photography challenges, I think. Offline. So it's more like yeah. an offline thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's a game called Umarangi Generation, and that's that won a number of awards. for. Hmm. Uh, it's basically a photography challenge game. So another thing that um, I really got invested in a little earlier in the year, in between lockdown four and five, I think, or three and four, um, was that Nintendo paired up with Fujifilm, my two favourite brands in the world, um, and they came up with the uh, Instax Mini that uses a dedicated mobile phone app to pair this little printer with a Nintendo Switch. So the Switch has a, a screen capture button. Uh, on the on the on the front of the console, and you can capture whatever you're playing, whatever you're looking at at the time. Um, and this, they released this little printer. I mean, the printer was already put out by Fuji, but this is a special Mario one. It's got a blue ring around the icon here. It's got a red thing here for the Mario colors. Um, and they released this one, and you can basically print out your screenshots. But they also released one for Pokemon, which is obviously has a huge a huge following. Uh, both in gaming and in trading card, uh, in the trading card world. But they released a game called Pokemon Snap, where you travel around and you photograph Pokemon and you then pair this to your Switch and you print out your Pokemon Snaps. And so that's it's just a really interesting blend of kind of technology and genres and th two things that you would never think actually went together, such as Fujifilm and Nintendo. Yeah, absolutely. Um, putting uh, out products to kind of rejuvenate both yeah. industries in a way. Absolutely. And Lee, are you, are you a gamer? Um, not, not, not heavy. I've got, um, I've got a switch and um, yeah, that's, that's the only, well, yeah, that's the only console I have. I, I play quite a few mobile games just on, on, um, on mobile devices. Like you know, I play Pokemon on my phone Um but no, not 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 a huge gamer, um, mm, mm. but I I enjoy games. Yeah. Yes, games are games are brilliant. I actually thought of a uh, photography, not so much a game, because as you're probably aware, I'm into heavily into blockchain. I love anything <sighs> Bitcoin. Lee, Lee, have you heard this before? <laughs> he, you know, he's been so quiet about it. Hasn't mentioned it. Yeah. No. So just read this at Hoddle. Uh, hold your crypto. So for me, I was thinking outside the box. I'm thinking, what can we create that is compelling enough for people in the VR world, the VR space, because this virtual world and uh, the metaverse, as people are saying, is going to be the future. And a lot of the, my son, for instance, will probably be spending his time in the metaverse chatting to who knows who. It's kind of that ready player one vibe and feel. So I'm thinking, okay, well, how do camera companies remain relevant in that space? And I thought, well, you know, obviously people want to be able to test the gear. When something new comes out, they want to give an overview of what that piece of equipment might be. So let me pitch you at the idea, guys. And tell me right. tell me the flaws, okay? So imagine you're in this virtual world. It's a street and it's a fixed street. You're walking down the street and in your arsenal, like you would get in a first-person shooter, you can choose your, your lens rather than your weapon. And you can then mount the lens onto your camera and then you're able to see how quickly that lens focuses compared to the other lens lenses that you have as well as the focal length and the image quality of that lens 
So deliberately, your brands can make, you know, lenses a little bit less sharp than what they should be. Obviously, they wouldn't do that. But it gives you an idea of you can walk around this virtual space. Everything in that virtual space stays the same. So it's kind of like a simulation. So you could then walk around with a street setup or you could walk around with a telephoto setup and then you can actually capture those images. And if you want, you could probably even print them on the Instax printer. Thoughts? Ooh. I think it's, it's, it's a cool idea. Um, let's put aside for a moment the technical challenges, which are many. Um, just from a marketing point of view, like I, one of my concerns, and I mean, this is, this isn't, it's not a, it's not a, it's not a game stopper changer. It's, you know, it's not a showstopper, but um, what happens when an unscrupulous, either unscrupulous or just incompetent company comes along and puts out one of their lenses and the specifications that they've set in the VR space is completely different from the actual lens that shows up. Uh, you know, is that then fraud? No, I think I think that's kind of like the sci-fi movie where you're using all this new tech in their movies and it eventually comes into reality. I think it's a it would be more of a for the manufacturer, it would be more of a playground for them to experiment because they could get user st- statistics and go, well, you know, 100 people picked up that lens, whereas three only picked up that lens, mm. you know. Lee, um, Lee Herbert, isn't that much the same as Camuman, I can't speak, camera manufacturers now listing specifications? They could tweak them slightly. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, no. Yeah, and I, yeah, you, you make a good point. And, and again, as I said, it's not a it's not a game changer, and, and it's not necessarily a huge issue. So, yeah, um, yeah. Look, I, I think it's it's a cool idea. Um, yeah, I think it's a cool idea. The, Let's the challenge, then. The challenge. Okay. Well, but okay. But on on the technical level, and and just just to just to point out my bona fides in this, um, you'll have to try and describe this for the uh, oh the, the audio people. I have been experimenting lately with wow. some vr stuff wow. and um so as you can see i've got no problem looking like a complete schmuck <laughs> so uh for those uh actually listening to the podcast thank you very much uh but lee just put on this ginormous box on the front of his head with some night vision goggle technology uh let's just leave that, it a box that, on his head that, yeah, that, yeah. that, that makes put- it doesn't make coffee though so yeah, lee just yeah. thought he'd improve his face and he put a box on his head what brand is that <laughs> Um. There, oh God, I can't remember what. What did I? This is this is one of the nicer ones. Um. I Oculus. No, 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 no. Merge. So this this Merge. is this this is actually a headset you put your phone in it. Yeah. So so, yeah. so you use your phone as the and it's got some really nice. First of all, one of the so Mer, the, this was about a hundred bucks and it was totally worth it. Um. Because one of the main things that I like about this one is it's made out of like this hard rubber but it's flexible and it's got space. So if you wear glasses, mm. you can still wear this fairly comfortably because I've gotten, let me just go and get the other one. Because Samsung you know, did something similar for some of their earlier galaxies. Yeah. I've got- yeah. I was going to say, Lee, if you, use, if you use a tissue box, it's about the same size. So <laughs> actually, well, if, you well, get a, if you get a Nintendo Labo the- kit, you can do that with the Switch. Well, I mean, a, a tissue oh. box is pretty much the Google Glass, the the cardboard one. Oh, the cardboard one, well. yeah. yeah the cardboard. Oh, wow. Well, Look the cardboard one was really interesting because we were so, so I was looking at this a few. I mean, I've got all this stuff from from actually from a few years ago. Um, I just pulled it out of the drawers um, last week because I had I had an idea which I will keep to myself for now, just for some VR ideas. Um, 
but the cardboard was really cool because I found a company. So I was talking to some clients about some ideas of, of how we could do some, some VR and some 360 stuff and things like that for, for some of my clients. Um, and the biggest challenge that we found was delivery in terms of how do we like, you know, we've created this really cool 360 content. Um, but then, so let's say for example, it's a, I don't know, a car company and they want to create a 360 VI experience of you sitting in the car while it's going around the Nuremberg, Nuremberg. Is it Nuremberg? The, 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 yeah. the track? Yeah. The Nuremberg the track. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you can actually sit in the car and experience it. So creating that content's actually not that difficult. Like you get the right cameras and you, you there's some tricks that you need to do with lighting and whatnot, but it's actually not that hard to create the content and then edit it these days. Um, but the delivery is the problem because then how do we send, like we're not going to send iPhones to every single person that could potentially look at this. Um, we, the, putting the metadata into the files is doable, but that's also challenging. So ideally you send it out like on YouTube or something like that. So my idea for, for getting this mm. out was you could get Google Cardboard branded versions of Google Cardboard with the client's logo and everything on it. Just put a QR code on the cardboard. Those cardboards, you know, if you're producing them at like 10, 60, 50,000 at a time are not that expensive. Yeah. So you produce 50,000 of these, send them out as a marketing campaign and everyone who gets them, you, 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 you know, flick on the QR code, it opens up the YouTube link for that video, stick it into your Google Cardboard and, well, hey, you're experiencing it. Without distractions mm. as well. That's pretty cool. Good idea. Yeah. So like uh, when, when am I going to get my Google Cardboard, Lee? Well... <laughs> I need I need to impress the client as much as I've impressed you with the idea. Okay. Oh no, we're not that impressed. <laughs> <laughs> well, for any, any clients listening, uh, you know, you can find Lee's details in the comments below after yeah. uh, this this is live. So yeah, no, he really, really is impressive. He is. He is in real life as well, as well <laughs> as the guys. metaverse. <laughs> so, what other things do you think we could do in photography in the metaverse? Like, the world is your oyster, right? Imagine you're a developer and you've got the skills to do something. What is it that you want to see in the metaverse? Well, well would, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, I would make the most of the current situation that doesn't seem to be ending <laughs> um, and create virtual safaris, Ooh. the virtual photography ops, like similar to the ideas that we've talked about here. Uh, but, you know, people that can't get out, and this could go back to, uh, you know, accessibility for people with accessibility issues, aside from being in lockdown, to produce, you know, I don't know, some sort of photographic challenge that, or, or a platform that allows them to explore areas with a virtual camera and experience photography. I don't know. It's, it's kind of a weird concept, but... It's actually not. Know, if, well, it's what not. I, what yeah. I was going to ask is what... what I'm going to sort of throw this back at you, Lee. What can you not do in the real world that you would like to do in the virtual world from a photography point of view? Because I mean, there's most, most, I suppose. Actually, I have one. I have one. Maybe, maybe you could create just before you go. I've just thought yeah. of one. Maybe you could create the photographic experiences. Like I would love to photograph Antarctica, um, but it's bloody expensive and it involves going on a ship, which means, me vomiting a lot so 
that's not really as much of an option as I'd like to be. So yeah, like a virtual Antarctica tour, that'd be cool. Yeah. Well, two things, Greg, you were mentioning doing a, like a, you know, a photo safari. Well, back in the day when Google plus was around in the first days of Google plus there's a guy called John Butterall uh, in Canada and he went out and started virtual photo walks, which was a great concept where you could actually go out Someone like a photographer would have their phone attached to the top of their camera using a new tripod and they would go live on Google Plus on YouTube back in the day, uh, Google Hangouts it was back then. And then they would share it with uh, 10 people who were had accessibility issues. So they would basically be taken on this virtual photo walk. Uh, and, it, and it got so much attention. It was really cool. Um, there was a Google, I think Google sent a team and actually filmed a, uh, a little video on it, like a, to spruik it. It was, it was really cool to basically show what Google Plus was doing. Um, and you'll see some, some familiar faces in there if you watch that video. Going back to Lee's question, what about those people that, you know, are ditching a brand because their cameras aren't good enough or they just want an event because they might have had a, a, a crappy day or something like that? Smash my camera. You can't do that in the real world. No. <laughs> what about a room just full of really expensive photography and videography equipment that you can just throw around and just see what happens? I don't know. That just feels like blasphemy. Yeah. That's maybe that's how my, that's how my mind works. Sorry, guys. Yeah. yeah I'm a bit worried about you now. But yeah. it's, it's, I, I, li- I like the, the virtual tour idea that, yeah, like, I'm, I'm, Obviously, I'm I'm thinking of ways that we can way overcomplicate it, but make it look and sound a heck of a lot better. Blockchain. Uh, I know. No, shut up. I know. What about <laughs> if you could? Oh, this is really cool. Okay, I think it's cool. Anyway, it's in my head. I'm just having this conversation. But imagine if you could put on a pair of like um the what was that DJI drone, the FPV. Yeah, yep. FPV. Yep. So you the put goals. on the FPV headset, but you don't. You're not. Act, you could just do this from home, okay? And so you then acquire access to control a drone in some exotic location. Oh, okay. And you could fly it. It's kind of like fly. It's kind of. It's kind of good, but it's kind of also a little akin to flying a, a US strike drone. Yeah, or, or be like the missiles that playing Star Wars or something like that. Yeah, but you're actually flying a real life drone somewhere out in the world. Flying around a volcano, or, or, or you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. across, you know, across the San Francisco Bay, or uh, the, the, the liability insurance costs just shut you down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. Because when when you're actually droning, you, you're not actually walking around. I, I think it's so funny watching those videos where people are just like in the VR space. And they yeah. walk into a wall, or they, or they lose their foot, footing because they're like um, on the edge of a tall building, and they think they're going to fall. Um, you know, having said that, yeah. I, I've never experienced that myself. So I, who knows? It but have you seen those? Reality. Have you seen those um, those virtual reality setups where they have like a, a three sixty degree treadmill? Yes, so they've got like a harness. They've got like a cage with a harness, and the and the it's almost like a, a giant uh, medicine ball, but not a medicine ball. One of those gym balls that spins no matter which way they go so they get yeah. that kind of that 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 feedback from from real gravity and, and hitting real surfaces it's really full-on spielberg was all over that one yeah, he with was. Uh, ready player one so well actually he didn't write it it was uh it was based on a book. yeah yeah it was based on a book yeah you're right 
Yeah, what was his name? Andy something, wasn't it? Who knows? Somewhere. He was probably um, probably way ahead of his time. You know, probably that's that's how it is. That's how it is. Actually, it was well before that. It was Lawnmower Man, which was a Stephen King book that was made into a movie with Piers Brosnan. Really, I remember that. Yeah, tell me more. And then the awful sequel. It was all. It was really, really early days of virtual reality, and Piers Brosnan was a genius, and the Lawnmower Man was an idiot, and they made him into the most sophisticated, intelligent being in the world through virtual reality. Someone that mows the lawn. Yeah, yeah, that's why he was the lawnmower man. He was just their lawnmower, and Pierce, the character that Pierce Brosnan plays saw an opportunity to experiment with this simple person to educate him through virtual reality by using virtual reality to inject him. Yeah, knowledge. okay. And, yeah, yeah. and cool. as usual, when we make anyone more intelligent than us, they quickly realize that they should destroy humanity. Yeah, and that's exactly yeah. right. The, yeah, yeah, we're all going to Skynet. So the other thing is internet, right? Is internet going to keep up with the, the the data speed that cameras are offering? Lee, I want to get your thoughts on Starlink. Uh, I know Elon Musk is all over putting satellites into space. What are your thoughts on uploading big files? I'm not talking like your massive raw footage. Is there is this going to happen in the future where you're going to upload it and the supercomputer is going to start editing? Um, oh, look, there's, there's no reason why it can't. Um... Uh, yeah, I mean, you've, you've, yeah, it, it could happen now. I mean, if you think about it, that you could, a computer is just, a, just a thing that you tell what to do. And if you do. give yep. it enough parameters, um, absolutely it could do it. Would yeah. you outsource your editing work like that? Well, no, because how am I going to make money? Well, no, if, if it's on the blockchain, uh, you'll be able to. There it is. There it is. <laughs> it all comes around. Thanks for, thanks for tuning in, everybody. We'll catch you next week. <laughs> uh, for those that don't know, um, I am very heavily involved in blockchain. I do a, a lot of crypto writing on the side uh, for some various exchanges, uh, Zipmex being one of them in Australia. And uh, make sure you check out some of the cool things that are happening in blockchain, especially in the gaming space. I know we're talking about gaming. So my mates, uh, they started a game called Alluvium, raised, I think, $50 million in the first uh, three days or something. It's crazy. I, getting, getting back to your question. Yes. Um, <laughs> I think the, the interesting thing with, with, with data transfer, and it's actually, it's actually an interesting thing to, to just like sort of think about, because if you think about you know, data transfer, we're getting to the point now where you know, you, you've got cameras that shoot 8K. So for example, just this morning, I saw an announcement um, where I mean they they announced that this was coming, but now apparently you can do it. The Canon R5, I think it is, um, can capture. I'm not sure if it's the R5. I'm not a Canon person, so I'm not, I'm not sure of the, the the model numbers. But I think it's the Canon R5 can capture can capture 8K raw 8K footage. Um, but the problem is, is that like internally it can only capture like eight or ten seconds of it before it melts. So what it does is it can export, it can push that 8K signal out to an Atomos recorder. And Atomos has just released um, a recorder that is capable of capturing that 8K in ProRes RAW, I think. I've got to double check mm-hmm. that. But at the very least, it can capture it in ProRes. So even now, there is now a consumer camera on the market that can capture 8K. Now, don't tell anyone, but I don't see the point. Really? That's uh, interesting. Know, well, look, here's the thing. So, so 
on the one, I can see, I can see some of the advantages where one of the advantages, because you're capturing 8k, you can crop in. So 8k is four times 4k. So just like 4k is four times 1080. So in a similar way of what we sometimes do with 4k, you capture in 4k, but you're delivering in 1080. So you can zoom in and you don't lose any resolution. So, you know, that's really cool. So you could do the same thing in, 8k where you could shoot you know a little bit wider and then you can zoom like i mean i did i worked on a project that we shot in africa where you know i shot a herd of elephants in 8k but i could zoom in on the eye of one of the elephants and if you're delivering in 1080 you've got so much resolution to work with so that's great on the other hand i'm like well get the shot right and then you don't have to zoom in you know it's not yeah, I, I know I'm sounding a bit like a grumpy old man, which I know a lot of people um, think of me. Um, but cameras, you know, it's like shooting in RAW. RAW is not magic. You still have to expose well. So, you know, you still have to compose your shot. Don't just go, well, we're going to shoot in 8K and we'll just get a, a, a 10 millimeter lens. We'll shoot everything and then we'll, we'll, we'll decide what we're actually going to frame and post. Like it, it doesn't work like that. It's nice to have the option. So every now and again, you get a shot that you do in 8K and you can crop in. But most of the time, if you're capturing an 8K, you still want to compose your shot the way you're going to compose your shot. And the other thing is delivery in 8K, to really see the advantage of an 8K image, you'd want your TV to be about 10 feet wide and you'd need a room that's about 40 feet long so you can get far back enough to see the full, I mean, I mean it's probably don't take those numbers, you know, to heart. It's, it's, yeah. I'm sort oh, of put, I was making a list. list. I was yeah, just going to say, what, a, what about just the vertical TVs, Lee, for the vertical but, video? Oh, don't get me started with that. Um, but isn't that, isn't it just, Lee, sorry, isn't the whole, it's just another, we talked about this last week, I can't remember what the topic was, but it's just another one of those specs exactly. that drives consumer demand. If, if I've got 8K and you've only got 4K, well, my camera's better. Well, yes, exactly. And here's where I was, and thank you, because you've brought me right around to where I was trying to get to. With well, someone oh, had to. Oh, <laughs> God bless you for it. Um, where I was trying to get to with um, VR and all this other stuff, What's the next thing? Because mm. because I don't yeah. think that the next thing is going to be 16K. No, What's you know what I think it'll be? I think I know what it'll be. So the knowledge base out there on the internet is huge. The amount of data for imagery and video and sound, it's it's massive, right? And that's all stored somewhere. And so what I think will happen is that I think that if anything, our technology in our hand will become simpler but we'll rely on cloud services and the cloud services will employ technology like um, AI. Yeah. AI technology like denoise AI and scale up AI, you know, those, those programs that you can go from a shitty iPhone uh, image and make it printable in large scale because it's circulation. Yeah. Yeah. It fills in the pixels with what it thinks is correct. I think what will happen is you'll go and film a, a high quality video so your camera will capture all the necessary data, but what it sends to the cloud will be a much simpler version telling the, the knowledge base or the AI what it needs to do to fill in the, or what it needs to do with it. And it, the AI will know to fill in the missing bits in the, in the low quality file that you send it or the well, low information. See, well, you see, here's the interesting thing. And, and because it's, I mean, I, I asked the question, what's the next thing? The next thing is here already, which is HDR in video. And yeah. because, and, and, and HDR is not 
a gimmick. Like HDR is the real deal in the sense of you. If I showed you something that was shot, that was delivered, and here's the here's the funny. Thing. Pretty much everything shot today is pretty much shot in HDR to a certain degree. Um, it's just the delivery. So when we watch television, we're watching SDR most of the time, um, unless you're watching um, Netflix or one of these streaming services that, that deliver in HDR. Now, now let me give you guys a baseline in terms of what HDR is. So when you are watching normal television, you are watching SDR, standard, standard dynamic range. And so that is showing your luminance between zero and 100 nits. So Everything that's black is at zero nits and everything that is overexposed and white is at 100 nits. And, and you've only got that much room to see the brightness in your image. So that's SDR. HDR theoretically can go up to 10,000. Now you're not gonna see something at 10,000 nits because it would burn your eyes out. But, and, and a nit is the way that we measure luminance um, it, when we're talking about HDR. And it's not the last. No, no, different okay. type of nit. Um, okay. So a nit is the light that is emitted by a single whale oil lamp in one meter square, I believe. Oh, um, there you go. And so um, one candela. Yeah, candela, anyway. yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so and, and here's the, the challenge with HDR is that, so technically anything over 100 nits is kind of HDR, but most HDRs these days that everyday people are looking at would be in the 400 to 600 nit range. For example, the iPhones, I believe are four, no, I think they're 600 or 700 nits. Uh, most Apple computers these days are 600 nits. Most televisions that say they're HDR are only about 400, maybe 500 nits. And that's mostly because of um, laws about how much power they can draw. Right. Um, if you're editing, um, and you're color grading for HDR, you, you need a, a monitor that's at least a thousand nits. Or to, a converter to, as to, well. To grade. Well, you still need a converter, but even without the converter, you still, if you're grading HDR content, you yeah. want a monitor that goes up to a thousand nits so that you can- Like the BenQs, they promote that. Well, oh, yes. so for example, the monitor that I'm looking at you, at you guys on at the moment is an Apple XDR display, which is a thousand nits straight across and then it's got a peak brightness of 1600 nits which means the whole screen can go up to a thousand nits at any one time and then i can make certain points of that screen go even brighter i can make it go up to 1600 wow um, which is blinding yeah there is a there is a, a great um uh, programming yet for apple computers called shades so if you do have a uh, apple computer and it's too bright just get shades and uh, you can darken beyond the default setting. That's cool. I didn't know about that. Oh, um, yeah. there you go. Wow, you, you educated the Apple educator. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Everyone can always learn things. It's only available um, in the metaverse, though. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> kidding, kidding. <laughs> so uh, now another thing, Greg, like you were talking about data and bits and stuff, is that for, for content to be HDR, it's got to be at least 10 bits. So mm -hmm. most video that you see out there is captured generally either in 8-bit or now 10-bit. And 10-bit is now becoming the default. And it's exponential. So it's not two more bits. It's exponentially, oh, I forget, but it's like the difference between like 256,000 colors and 4 million colors. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It jumps yeah. usually. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and 10-bit. And so like I was super excited because last year the iPhone 12 came out and it was capturing 10-bit video. Um, 
and being able to capture 10 bit on a phone is nuts. And this is where it comes into lead with your question in the sense that we can do that now because the internet is generally that fast. Of course, it depends where you are. Um, but in most of, in a lot of places in the world, the internet is fast enough now that we can mm. download 10 bit footage and watch yep. it and it's, and it's fine. And you really like, if you have the chance, don't go to a, like a, a TV store and, and try and look at HDR there. But if you can find some, if you've got one of the new phones um, and you don't have to have an iPhone 12, like in terms of seeing HDR content, you've been able to see HDR content on most mobile phones for the last two or three years. Um, so like, if you can find some like HDR content on YouTube or Vimeo or places like that, have a look and okay. like, look at, look at the non HDR version and have a look at the HDR version and the things will, and it's, see, this is the beauty of HDR. It's not just that it makes everything brighter because yes, you can make things brighter, but you can make things darker, but more clear. Because if okay. you think about it, you're not crushing it, your blacks. Exactly. Yeah. Um, Cause like in yeah. the past you only had zero to 100 to spread everything out. Whereas now you've got zero to 400 or zero to 600. So like your shadows, the detail in your shadows can live in twice the space yeah. that your entire exposure range used to live in. Okay. That makes sense. So uh, I was going to say as well, a lot of the things that are driving uh, this 4k revolution that we've seen in the last, let's say year is YouTube. Uh, if you spend enough time on YouTube, you'll notice at the bottom of all the videos, they'll say 4k and they're really, really driving the 4k videos over other content. So basically they want you to watch the 4k stuff. Now your device isn't going to be 4k compatible, but sure enough, the quality is there for the end user. And I think uh, with that adoption, we might see something similar in a few years in the 8K space on YouTube. But as you said, I don't think we're going to see 16K. It's going to be more like what Greg said. There's going to be some AI element to it where it's just going to be able to manipulate the pixels for those who are shooting on a lower browser camera. Uh, so we can basically get on with our lives and sit back and relax. Yeah, that's what I think. In 4K. All right. In, in 4K, in real life. Yeah, that's it. Well, on that note, I, I want to thank you guys for joining um, on this World Photography Day. I know we didn't touch touch on it, but uh, any advice for those that wanting to get out and take photos? Any advice at the moment? You get out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, boy, yeah, get into your own backyard. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yep. Yep. Lee, get into your own backyard. Look for some plants. Look for some bugs. Photograph bricks. It doesn't matter. Just get your camera out and play with all your settings. Turn That's off it. auto, put it on manual, play. Yep. yep. And Lee, what about video? What should people do during lockdown? Um, well, they, they same, same as Greg's sort of suggestions in terms of experimenting with different things. Yep. Um, you know, think of, think of something that you haven't filmed before or think about some, some sounds that you can sort of capture. There's, there's a wonderful thing that I saw I can't remember where I saw it, but somewhere on the internet where it was the guy who makes all the sounds for the Transformers movies. Oh, so you nice. know how when like when they when they transform it's like, like that yeah. whole thing. Um basically he just went through like a, a, a metal scrapyard and was just rubbing things against each other and banging <laughs> things onto each other. And I was like, there's an afternoon. 
<laughs> Absolutely. Yep. All right. Absolutely. I like that. Yeah. And if, and if the photography and the videography doesn't get you or the sound engineering, uh, get out there and start gaming. Because uh, that's what we're doing on our devs off. And yes. I encourage you to. It's, it's, a, it's one of those things that keeps you relaxed in life. So on that note, thank you very much for joining and make sure you subscribe. Yeah, post a comment. We saw a few comments uh, last week from, uh, shout out to Athel, uh, who was uh, mentioning about the, uh, what was it? The R3, the burst mode, that's not going to affect the, the shutter because it's an electronic shutter. Any other words of wisdom, gentlemen? Uh, stay safe. Look after each other. Yep. Be good to your mom. On that note, <laughs> later. <laughs>